Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, yes. picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Deflected yes. in the air, Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. Welcome to the Twin in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft and it is the divisional round of playoffs. It's big time football right oh, now. Yeah, and so when big time football, big time week, you get a big time guest. And that's TJ Lay. Does a great job. 97.1, obviously a, a, a former Lion and, you know, a guy who's won a Super Bowl. And, and teach when, when it's this point of the season, is it nerves? Is it business as usual? Uh, you, you know the immensity of what you're doing and yeah. what it means. Is there just a different feel or, or do you try to keep it as normal as you have all season? And is that, are the successful teams the ones that are able to do that? Yeah, you try your hardest to keep everything the same, right? You've won 12 games in the regular season for a reason because you did things right. Uh, throughout the week of preparation, yeah. you did things right on Wednesday, Thursday that you can look back on. Now is not the time to change anything. You realize as a player, there is a little bit more pressure. There is a little bit more stress because now, look, if you make a, a mistake in this game and your team doesn't <laughs> win, you're sitting on that for the entire offseason. There's no coming back in on yeah. Monday and saying, hey, let's get it fixed for next week. We'll be good to go. You got to sulk on that for about nine months. So I think that's what you understand as a player. But um, playoffs brings out the best of guys. You know, yeah. in the in the regular season, uh, you know, the players <laughs> – you're making a lot of money, right? You get to the playoffs, you're still making a little bit of money, but this is about player legacy. This is yeah. about guys making a name for themselves. So I always love this time of year because you genuinely get to see truly who these players are as individuals, who performs under the highest pressure uh, that you're going to face maybe throughout your entire career. That's the exciting part for me to watch. That's what I loved playing in and being around this locker room. Man, they have this quality about this team that yeah. – like even coming in here on Wednesday, guys were like, "Now nah, we don't want to talk about last week. We're on. Like right. we're moving on, right?" And they have this ability to just focus day by day, week by week, of what the task is at hand. And I think a lot of that comes from Dan Campbell. And I think a lot of that comes from the leaders that they have in that locker room. Yeah, it's like a calm confidence. I got the sense it from is. in there yeah. on Wednesday. You it's, know, especially I, it's from like Jared I don't Goff. care who's in front of us. This is about us, it's right? About us. That's what you appreciate about this team. And obviously, did a great job last week. Won a thriller. <laughs> what was that atmosphere like down on the field? <laughs> did you hear? Was, <laughs> did you hear Miller? It was, was, I mean, I'm lucky I had headset on because it was <laughs> deafening. There were a couple of times during the game I had to take it off just so I could take in the full, yeah. uh, you know, the full noise and the full atmosphere of Ford Field. Um, and it was absolutely incredible. And look, I played, you know, two seasons in Detroit. I played eight seasons in Green Bay. We came to Ford Field and we knew as the opposing team that that building had a lot of potential to be an absolute rowdy house. Yeah. And, you know, to finally get to experience that last week and be on the sideline and see the light show and, and, and everything going yeah. on was just, it was everything that I think a lot of people had hoped for. You know, Dan Campbell talked uh, about it last week. Man, we've been thinking about this for three years now. We've been dreaming of what this moment is going to be like. Now we finally it. get there, and it was everything you had hoped for. So uh, it was amazing. I think the fans this week are going to have a challenge on how to even top that yeah. because it was it was spectacular. But, um, you know, they're going to have a chance to go out again this week, and, and Ford Field has been uh, really turned into one of the most – hostile home field advantages, yeah. in my opinion, in the NFL. We've traveled a lot. We've been to some nice stadiums ourselves. Ford Field is is 
working their way up to the very to, top to, to the very top and yeah. a, a great opponent this week you know a team that's playing really really well in, in tampa bay had a little lull there in in the middle of the season but i think what won five of the last six obviously yeah. whooped up on philadelphia last week we do it every week we got five key matchups for this one let's get right into it let's start with the first one and to me it, it, cam sutton and, and kendall vildor detroit's one and two cornerbacks versus mike evans and chris godwin who look they played a pretty good pair of wide receivers last week mm -hmm. in cooper cup and um, um, Puka Nakua, but these two might even be better. I mean, two 1,000-yard receivers. They've done that the last four years in a row. I mean, yeah. this is a pretty special group, isn't it? Yeah, Mike Evans is, a, is spectacular, yeah. especially him. I mean, Chris Godwin's a really, really good receiver too, but Mike Evans, what, 10 straight seasons over 1,000 yards. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely incredible. And and the ability that his he has, just the physical ability, the stature, you know, standing tall, making the hard catches. Um, he's a hard player to play against no matter if you have – the best defensive back in the NFL. Yeah. So he's going to be a challenge. Um, look, I think this the good part for this defense is you've been through this now for probably a month yeah. where you faced really good wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, that combination, uh, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks in, in, in Dallas, even in Denver when they came in with, with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. You've mm -hmm. faced a lot of teams now. You should have that familiarity of what it should take to – no, slow these guys down a little yeah. bit. I think that they're they'll they'll tell you that they've probably allowed too many chunk plays. Yeah. Over the past couple games, we know that last week, look, Pukunakua's touchdown just double move, really good route, probably a really good play call too. In the, in a short yarded situation, Cam Sutton's trying to be aggressive. He's trying to make a play on the ball, and you know what? That's the kind of the other end of the sword Easter there when you say, night. "Hey, we're going to try to get interceptions. We're going to have to jump routes." But if you do get beat, you're leaving yourself vulnerable for a big play, and that's what happened on that. Uh, Vildor, even the play on Tutu Atwell's touchdown, I thought it was really good coverage. Yeah, he was right there. That was just a Matthew Stafford just tip the cap. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and there's nothing we can and do about it. Those guys get paid too and people forget about that <laughs> yeah, too. Like they, they're going to make plays. Especially you know? when you have a really good quarterback like Matthew yeah. Stafford on the other side. But, you know, the bottom line is how are they going to try to match these guys up? Because when you look at Mike Evans, he is more of the in my opinion, the 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 one on one deep threat type of guy, or yeah. when you get into the red zone situationally, they want to look to to, to number thirteen to make right. some plays. Uh, Chris Godwin, on the other hand, is more of the I think possession type of guy. Mm -hmm. Hey, if we need a big third down, we're gonna and, and we're getting zone defense, we're gonna try to target him a little bit more. So if you're Aaron Glenn, who your identity the last five weeks or so has been, we're going to pressure the hell out of you on third downs. How do you match these guys up? Which, what do you trust Cam Sutton on Mike Evans more? Or do you trust him on Chris Godwin more? Right. Uh, that's going to be the, the, the challenge that you're going to have to get over. I would, I would, I would like to see Aaron Glenn because on third downs, Tim, over the last couple of weeks, when he's bringing pressure, there's a lot of man defense behind it. Yeah. I think, and that's where, you know, some of our guys have getting beaten. When the pressure doesn't get there, there's a lot of room for receivers to work. I think if you're in Glenn this week, you find a way to send pressure on third down, but you try to find a way to drop back into a zone coverage. So mm. not only do you confuse uh, a guy like Baker Mayfield, but you also help out your secondary to say, hey, if you take a chance to make a play on a ball or you you, you want to jump a route to go try to get an interception, right. at least you've got help behind you. Yeah. When you're one-on-one, -on -one, you don't have any help. So I think that's going to be a big challenge for Aaron Glenn this week, along with deciding which one of these receivers he wants to take on with Cam Sutton or Vildor in the big moments, which are going to be third downs, fourth downs, or, or maybe in the red zone. Yeah, to your point, 181 yards for Jefferson, or 181 yards for uh, Puka Nakua, 192 for Jefferson, 227 for CeeDee Lamb, 141 for Jefferson the last four weeks, all with touchdowns too. <laughs> yeah. But Detroit's 3-1, and one, or, you know, in, and in those held, games. And so you have to consider that as well. And you know? you've held teams to 20 points, 20 
20 points, 23 points yeah. last week in 24 Minnesota, right? So I think that's the trade-off is, hey, we're willing to allow a couple big plays, no more than that, but we're going to hit the quarterback. We're going to get our yeah. sacks, and hopefully we're going to get our interceptions, and that should even things out. And if you watch that first game, week six at Detroit, 120-6, there were some opportunities that they had in the past game oh, yeah. that they missed. Yeah. And so I'm sure Aaron Glenn is seeing that, watching that there were some open guys that got behind their defense. And to your point about when you bring pressure and you're going to play back, just make sure those guys aren't behind you. Correct. Yeah, keep everything in keep front of you. Keep everything in front of you, make them drive. Yes. And if they can drive the field and score touchdowns, you tip your cap. Be and, because and there was about eight weeks ago where Dan Campbell said our D our red zone defense has to improve. We have yeah. to get better. And they, and they have. have. So they have. as long if you let up the big plays and as long as you're keeping them out of the end zone, <laughs> that's the recipe for this defense to go out there and hold you to low points and give your give your team a chance to win. Excuse me. Um, all right, let's, you. Move, let's move right on to the next one here. Uh, Jerry Goff versus Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously the quarterback position is the most important position in football. When you look at when Detroit's been successful, when their offense is humming, it's really it starts with Jared Goff, and it, it's when he's not making mistakes yeah. too. And I think that's such the key in your opening when we were, we were talking about this. Just that that moment sticks with you, and you have to think about it all off season. Just don't make mistakes, right? Yeah. Come playoff time. And, and Jared did a great job with that last week. Baker Mayfield did a great job with that. Th threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns, no mm -hmm. turnovers versus the Eagles. That's why I think this matchup is huge because who's the guy that, that doesn't make the big mistake? I think that might be key in this, this one as well. Yeah, I think normally in the playoffs it comes down to that situational mm -hmm. football and the turnovers and the red zone and the third down. And, um, you know, so Jared Goff, as long as he takes care of the football, you, look, you don't want to say – you don't want to scare him into saying, take care of the football, because that now he might be a little hesitant on making some of the throws yeah. that are his bread and butter, right? First series last week coming out again, just zipping the ball over the Threw middle field. No fear. There. You yeah. want to have a guy uh, like that. But um, I, I, looking at this quarterback matchup, I love it because it really is kind of still a story of two comeback type yeah. players, two guys that were kicked out of former teams and high draft picks that are still kind of building their way back up. And, and the way I know that both these guys are really good leaders is you can literally see that their teams take on their identity, mm. right? Jared Goff is a very resilient guy. He is a mentally tough guy. That trickles down to the rest of this team. When bad things happen, so what, man? Let's go back out there. We still got a chance. Let's go. Instead of kind of tumbling downhill and just oh, keeps getting worse and worse, they always find a way to pick themselves up. And, and Baker Mayfield on the other side, you look at and you say, he's a pretty – arrogant, cocky, confident, you know, competitive type yeah. of guy, right? That's just who he is. That's how he's been since he came out of college. Uh, but the rest of his team has taken on that identity. You can tell that the team takes on the identity of both those two players. And I think it's going to be um, obviously fun to watch both of them. Both of them have been playing at an extremely high level. Baker Mayfield, over his last five games, uh, has thrown for almost 1,500 yards, 290, average 11 touchdowns, two wow. interceptions. So he's taking care of the football a whole lot better. And the other thing about Baker that uh, a lot of quarterbacks don't like Baker Mayfield's really good against pressure like yeah. if you can if you don't if you send seven guys and they're blocking six and that one guy you have does not make a play Baker Mayfield is going to make you pay for that he is going to absolutely punish you so I think that's going to be huge this week for our defense when you do send that pressure you got to make sure you get home. You just have to. It's a non-negotiable. And Jared Goff on the other side has been a lot better versus pressure, I think. There's something turned that first time they played Minnesota where they saw probably 60% pressure 
And it looked like he said, he looked to his offensive line and said, you know what? I trust you. He looked at the running backs and said, you know what? I trust you. I'm going to hang in the pocket. Uh, It doesn't matter if they're sending six, seven guys. We're still going to make plays. And I think that was the first game I saw Jared Goff uh, against pressure really excel. And, And we've seen that kind of carry over to the last two or three games now. We know this Tampa Bay team likes to pressure. They pressure almost every other play. Todd Bowles over there. I mean, they're going to send a ton of guys. Fourth most in football. Fourth most in football. And last week against Philly, I mean, it's almost every single play. So uh, I think it's really going to come down to who can take care of the ball better and uh, who can be better against the blitz, against two defenses that really like to, you know, hum up against quarterback. All right. Let's move on to the the running back. And it was – a little bit different situation for Detroit week six Big did time. not have yeah. Jameer Gibbs and then lost yeah. David Montgomery in the yeah. second quarter to rib injury. So, you know, the third key matchup in this one, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs versus Levante David and Devin White, a really, really good linebacker duo in this league. You look at um, Tampa Bay fifth best against the run this year. They got a guy like Vita Vey right in the center, but yeah. It, it, he allows those linebackers to play a little bit free roam. They can they can play the run really, really well. I think that's such a key matchup because you talked about the pressure that they want to bring. And if you get into passing situations and you can't run the football and you're one-dimensional, now you know Todd Bowles can really come after yeah. you with some of those exotic blitz packages, do some things that you haven't seen before. So I think getting those two guys going early is really key for Detroit in this one. Yeah, and that run game is going to have to be huge, especially on first and second down, right? That's how you limit a team yeah. That likes to pressure on third down. Well, if it's third and one, third and two, you know, the whole, our whole playbook is still wide open. Right? Right. Good luck sending pressure. We might hit your play action pass. Our playbook right? has been but, open this but year. But you go third and 10, you know, if you're not successful <laughs> yeah. at the run game early, on early downs, yeah. that's where this Tampa Bay defense is going to feast. And I really like the way that Tampa has built their defense from the inside out. You look at a guy like Vita Vey, where you, <laughs> it scares other teams away from saying, hey, we want to run the ball inside. You look at big number 50 and you're like, Maybe we want to run outside a little bit more this week. And then you look at their two extremely athletic, fast linebackers that anytime you try to get outside on them, they're like, no, we got it. We're going to run sideline to sideline. So they make it extremely challenging. The first matchup I went back and and watched and kind of looked at the stat book of, okay, Tampa Bay's defense, who had the big games? Literally number one, two, three. Devin White, uh, Levante David, Vita Vea led yeah. their teams in tackles. So <laughs> those are the guys that you look at when you come in on, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday and say, we have to take care of these guys. We cannot let them wreck a game. And all three of them are extremely talented players, which is why I think there was a game against the Chargers, you know, middle, right after the bye, I want to mm-hmm. say it was. And the Lions run game was fantastic. And I went back and I kind of re-looked, re-watched some of the clips from the L.A. Chargers defense. And they said, you know, that the Lions mixed things up, right? With Gibbs, they were running kind of more of the inside stuff. In Montgomery, they were running the outside stuff, and it confused us. We were expecting Gibbs to be the outside right. guy. I think that you have to have that same attitude against this defense mm. when you're using that one-two punch. With this Gibbs in there, a lot of us tend to think, and the defense does too, hey, they're probably going to try to get the ball a little bit more outside, stretch the defense. Montgomery's going to be more of the hammer guy. I think if you can find, especially early in this game, matchups to say, we're going to try to get Gibbs on the inside counter and we're mm-hmm. going to try to get Montgomery on the outside, it's going to mess with Levante David. It's going to mess with Devin yeah. White. It's probably going to mess with Vita Bay as well right. on the inside uh, because they're not going to expect that. So I think that was one note that I had down. If you can try to confuse these guys a little bit with that one-two punch, hopefully it opens things up in the first half, and hopefully it's something that you can be more consistent with come the second half. Yeah, only 40 yards on 22 carries in that first game for them. Levante David, 134 tackles, 17 tackles for loss. Yeah, impressive. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, Aiden Hutchinson versus uh, Luke Getke, um, their right tackle. Um, you know, obviously Hutch is just p- 
playing so well He's right been now. On fire. Yeah. I mean, it's, what is it? Seven sacks, nine tackles for loss, 15 quarterback hits over the last three weeks. Yeah. He's been that guy who's gotten it started for this Lions defense. Yeah, he's been that guy that, uh, you know, this, the, they're finally starting to come in bunches, right? And yeah. when you look at it, you obviously everybody likes to see the sacks, right? We see pressures and we're like, eh, we want to see the sacks. We want to see the quarterback hits. Uh, but the coach, coaches have said, hey, he's been the same guy he's been all season, right? He's just starting to get those sack numbers, which – are huge in this league. If you get a second, third down, that's as good as a turnover. So he's been obviously in a zone that, um, you know, he's kind of taken his game to a new level the last couple games. And look, Luke Gedeke, I, I watching the film, you look at him and you say, okay, you know, maybe not the best right tackle, but the more I watch him, the more impressed I get with really? him. I do. I think he's a good athlete and I think he's really good against power rushes. If you, he's, a, he's not a guy that you can just go run into and headbutt and say, I'm going to overpower you. You have to utilize some speed move. You have to utilize the rip. You have to utilize Aiden Hutchinson's patented spin move, right? Because the one thing, uh, Luke Gedeke has 10 p- penalties this season. I think seven of them are holding calls mm. and he's got a couple false starts. So hopefully our crowd can get involved with that. But he is a guy that if you threaten him with speed like Aiden Hutchinson yeah. should, you should be able to tell Aiden, you have to be able to dominate this game on third down. You have to be the guy that we rely on when we do uh, you know, choose to drop more seven, eight guys into coverage. You need to be the guy that takes over. He's been able to do that over the last three, four games. That's been a big reason why this defense has uh, held teams to a, a low amount of points. Yeah, Gudecki, six sacks allowed, 42 total pressures. So teams have had some success, guys, yeah. across from him. He's a scrapper, though. I mean, yeah. he's a scrapper. I will say that. It's, right. it's not going to be easy. Let's finish with this one, uh, uh, Tej. I'm on Ross St. Brown, who's just on fire, versus Christian um, Isan, um, their uh, rookie um, slot nickel cornerback. What can you? What else can you say about Amon Ra? <laughs> I mean, that we haven't said. You know, you could have put in any other name here besides Christian Isian, whether it's uh, Antoine Winfield or uh, Jacoby Dean, whoever it is. I don't care. Like it's, it, you know, it, it's all about Amon Ra St. Brown. It's yeah. about what he can provide this offense. And I think Ben Johnson has done such a tremendous job the last couple of weeks of game planning situations for him to have a mismatch. And I continue. I expect him to continue to do that again this week. There were a couple of times last week where, you know, he's getting one on ones with the. Los Angeles Rams outside linebackers yeah. and you're like oh my gosh how do they do that well it's because of the way they're scheming things up and the motions which stresses a lot of teams especially when you're on the road you can't communicate some of those adjustments yeah. so I look for uh, Ben Johnson to do that again with Amon Ross St. Brown but you know I go back to Ben Johnson told us a story at the beginning of the year where he got a text from Jared Goff that said 14 huge year that was it he knew something he that, knew. that we didn't before, you know, before the season started yeah. that obviously is coming to fruition. And uh, this is about Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been a, as consistent as it always seems like every game, hey, 10, 120 touchdown, you know, it's yeah. just what's what he does. So, um, you know, hopefully Sam Laporta is going to be a little bit more healthy this week. That will help yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown kind of work that middle of the field, navigate that middle of that defense that those guys love to live in. And this should be another game. He had a big game, you know, the first time these two teams met up. 12 I'm, catches, 120. Four sure, yards and a touchdown. I'm sure they're going to have a little bit different plan for him, but uh, Ben Johnson's going to have a little bit different plan as well, trying to find creative ways to get him open to make sure he's, you know, continues to be the focal point of this passing game. Yeah, to your point, five different defenders he had a catch on in that first game. So they, they really moved yeah. him around. You, you've got to, you have to use the whole defense yes. on St. Brown. Yes. You know, you, 
So uh, I wouldn't recommend covering him with a linebacker. No, I'm not, not recommended. <laughs> Hopefully Tampa does, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's been terrific. <laughs> you have been terrific as well. I, I thank you so much for being on. As always, uh, great football insight when you're on, it. and it'll be a it'll be a fun one down. Yeah, I can't wait, man. We get to do it again. We get to do it again. Might even be able to do it again, 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 we'll again. And you can listen to him <laughs> on ninety-seven-one. He'll be uh, down giving uh, all the insight on the sideline. Great yeah. insight here. Appreciate you, TJ, as yeah, always. I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And now I welcome in Scott Smith. Does a great job uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website, the, the senior writer, editor there. Scott, thanks so much for joining me. It seems like a long time ago when you joined me week six for, the, for that matchup uh, way back in October. Yeah, and at, at that point, we we're coming off our bye week and we we're three and one and really feeling ourselves after a great start that nobody expected. And then things kind of went sideways in the middle but now that i'm back the bucks have won six or last seven so i i mean i think this is just a good luck charm kind of thing yeah you alluded to it you know obviously lost that that game week six 20 to six uh uh to detroit and then lost the next three so that was kind of that that mid-season slide for you guys when you look at, at at what you guys have done now over the last month and a half five of your last six including a blowout win over philadelphia um last week how is this team different in your opinion, Scott, than they were, were week six? Or are they the same team maybe just executing now? Well, it, the, the biggest difference is the development of the offense. You know, first year, Baker Mayfield in his first year with us, first year offensive coordinator, brand new system with Dave Canales. And it was kind of a work in progress early on. And uh, Dave was learning what his players did best. And they were learning what worked best in the system. And uh, and they really hadn't gelled necessarily on the offensive line yet where four guys were in new positions. And, you know, the offense was a work in progress for much of the season. But along the way, they found out what works. The O-line gelled uh, and and Dave Canales started to get some success and be able to play off that success, and, you know, and, and really open up the playbook a little bit more. So you're showing things that looked like things we put on tape, but they're not the same. And so it kind of expanded the playbook. And and Dave himself said, as he's a very like, very first of all very upbeat, but also very open about his process. And he was telling us things like, you know, sometimes I go into a game and I've got three or four plays I really like, and I want to get to them right away. And then it's too early. It, you know, you need to let things develop and get to them at the right time. And he's gotten a lot better, I think, with his cadence and his sequencing of his play calling. And then for the defense, some of it just has to do with we got a little bit healthier here at the end of the season. Hmm. Yeah, and. It, it, People don't understand sometimes that that, that that takes time to gel, especially offensively, when you've got so many different moving parts up front, when you've got a new quarterback. I mean, Lions fans should know that from their time last year when Ben Johnson was elevated to the offensive coordinator. It took a little time to kind of figure all that out, but once you did, then it becomes a consistently productive offense and that's what we're seeing with Tampa Bay right now and Scott when I go back and I look at that week six game when, when I think of the Bucks offensively and, and Detroit's defensive performance held the Bucks to six points they didn't score a touchdown but to me it was about missed opportunities in that game there were some chances for some big plays in that game um, that that Baker just missed do, do, do you kind of get the sense from those guys that that they felt like they had a chance to, to to win that game or at least make that a much closer game had they hit on a couple of those missed opportunities. Yeah, and that's been the story in a, in a number of our losses this year. And uh, yeah, there were some missed opportunities. Also, just a complete inability to run the ball. Uh, yeah. That didn't help at all. And our run game has definitely improved since then. But, you know, 
again, we still are having some of those issues in this blowout win. Is, as you said, over Philadelphia, we had four drop passes and a couple of them could have been, you know, really big plays. But we were doing so much well overall that they were able to overcome that. And so yeah, I think probably over time, it, we saw the same thing when we got Tom Brady for the first year. And I'm not trying to compare the two quarterbacks, but it took him a little bit of time to get in sync with the great receivers that we have. And, and I think we saw the same thing here, but um, Baker's playing really well down the stretch. And that game against you guys in week six is the only game all season where Baker threw an interception and didn't throw a touchdown. And if you look at it now, if you include the playoff game we just played, he's got 31 touchdown passes and 10 interceptions, which I think is pretty close to Jared Goff's numbers. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's really – first of all, I think I talked about this the last time, but it was just getting started – he has won over everybody on this team. They love this guy. They love playing for him, playing with him. And uh, I mean, he's just the whole team, the whole locker room is just absolutely in love with this guy because the way he plays and also how good he's been and how he deals with people. And so I think everything is just improved as the season has gone along. Yeah, and I think a couple of things that stick out to me is you guys' you know con- uh, consistent approach to running the football. Maybe the the yards per attempt aren't what you always want, but I think you guys have been consistent with it. I think thirty plus attempts over the last however many weeks there. I think that shows um, that that you want to be balanced on offense and then defensively um, against the pass, especially the last five games. I think you haven't allowed a three hundred yard passer in, in over a month. What, what's been the biggest difference uh, defensively? What's allowed you guys um you know to to, to limit teams limit the explosive plays limit the passing game you've obviously been good against the run all year but but now that that pass defense is coming on par with what you guys have done against the run that's a pretty formidable force over there last month or so right yeah one of the things that helped is both carlton davis and jamel dean are healthy at the same time which hasn't Mm -hmm. been the case for much of the year and fortunately we had a third corner a second year guy named zion mccullum who was really filling in well for whichever guy was out But when both came back healthy, then the coaches were determined to keep Zion on the field. And that second safety spot next to our all-pro Antoine Winfield had kind of been cycling through a number of guys and looking for what was the best fit. And now we started using Zion there in some cases. Mm. And so now you you have your three best cover guys on the field at the same time. And then you you have Antoine Winfield Jr., which just (laughs) we obviously had him in week four, too. But, um, you, you know, he just continues to make play after play after play. If you're looking for a guy to kill a drive for us, it's usually him one way or another sacks, passes, defense, forced fumbles. He's just done it all. And, and having that force in the middle of the secondary, I think, is overall why this secondary has kind of really hit its stride down the stretch. There's nothing that guy can't do. When you talk to Lions coaches, especially on the offensive side of the ball, or even players, that's the first guy they mention. He's just one of those guys that's everywhere, can do everything. You look at the sacks and all the production like you just rolled off. One of those guys you just love to have as a defensive coordinator, kind of Swiss Army knife that that you can just put into any situation. You know he'll make plays for you. You, you, you talked about Baker. Uh, obviously the big storyline last week was the Matthew Stafford, the Rams, and everything with Jared Goff. But when I look at the two quarterbacks this week, Boy, a lot of similarities between those two, right? You know, former number one picks, not on their first team anymore, kind of moved on, but have found the right fit. Um, the team rallies around them like you talked about, too. There's just a lot of a lot of similarities between these two quarterbacks this week, right, Scott? Yeah, and um, I think they found – I think they're both thriving because of the confidence that their team and their coordinators, their play callers have for them. And yeah. um, from our end, I mean, Jared Goff has been inc- extremely impressive, but I don't necessarily know all the details – uh, but from our end, Baker, Dave Canales knew what the 
we got Dave Canales first, and then we were looking for a quarterback because Tom Brady retired. And they felt like Baker was going to be a real good fit for what Dave wanted to do. And what Dave wants Baker to do is take the easy stuff, take the stuff that's schemed up, take the open man and consistently. But when you see the right time to take a shot, take that shot. And mm -hmm. I think you saw a great example of that in the Philadelphia win. Um, really 337 yards. And a lot of that was just underneath throws where he hit guys in stride like Kate Otten for them to gain yards after the catch. We had 210 yards after the catch, which was a season high for us. But he also threw some really nice deep balls that just unfortunately weren't caught, but he picked the right times to throw them and he put them on the money. And uh, you know, if he's operating that way, that's what Dave Canales wants in, in the game in Carolina, where we clinched the division, we only scored nine points on three field goals and the offense was not great. And there were several plays where you could see like Chase Edmonds, the back releases out of the, the backfield. He's wide open for a 15 yard gain in the middle of the field, but Baker goes for the deep ball to Mike Evans against a strong wind and it's broken up and you know, you're off the field because it was third down. And he was bemoaning a couple of decisions he made in that game where he didn't take the easy stuff that Dave had presented to him. And he said, I got to take the easy stuff. And he did that much better in the win over Philadelphia. Maybe a, a player, you talked about the cornerback playing a, a little safety now too. Just what about, who's maybe a player that, that Detroit didn't see week six or maybe wasn't playing a huge role week six who has now maybe developed into a, a, a key player for you guys that Detroit's going to have to keep their eye on this week? Well, there's two guys because our first round draft pick, Kalijah Kansi, I believe he did not play in that game. And uh, if you saw him in this last game, he was very disruptive. Like on the safety, the play where we got the safety, it was really him that blew up that play with a quick pass rush up the middle. Um, and then uh, so he's back and he's obviously a pass rushing pass rusher that you have to worry about in the middle. But also Yaya Diaby, who is a third yeah. round draft pick out of Louisville, another an edge rusher for us that the, we we really drafted him, the coaches say, because they thought he was going to immediately be a very good run stopper. And he was. And that's why about seven games into the season, he became the starter because he was, they felt he was our best edge rusher in terms of stopping the run. But to some surprise, he has a much more robust uh, arsenal of pass rush moves than expected. And he plays with power too. And he ended up leading the team in sacks with seven and a half. And he wasn't playing a ton of snaps in week four. So that's two guys that really weren't much in the mix on defense that should help make a difference this time around. Again, I'm talking with Scott Smith, the, the senior writer, editor uh, down there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website. Does a great job. You guys want to know anything about Tampa Bay leading up to this matchup, go down there because, um, you know, Scott's got all the info info for you. Just a couple more real quick, Scott. Uh, the atmosphere. I don't know if you watched the Lions-Rams game at all, um, but a lot of people that, that I talked to are like, you could tell just how loud that place was through watching the, the television. Um, obviously a crazy, got to 133 decibels, the fourth largest. Just I think on, on record, they're going to be pumped up again this week. Just what are the what are the the Bucks saying about playing in that environment? Um, the challenges that that may present, and, and how much extra work you have to do this week to prepare for going into such a hostile environment, noisy environment like Ford Field is expected to be Sunday afternoon. Oh, you could definitely tell as just a casual observer on the, <laughs> on the television screen, and it's really exciting. If if it wasn't if we weren't playing you guys, I would absolutely be rooting for you this week because it's just it's so great to see these fans getting something that they've waited for for so long and they're obviously responding so you know baker played for the rams for a little while last season and uh he called up some of his buddies that he still has on the team just to ask him what it was like and mm. they told him it was incredible um and our guys have been talking about how they're going to handle that obviously we can 
do crowd noise or practice, but I don't think we can quite simulate it. Uh, uh, I don't think we're so. That. <laughs> we're definitely expecting that. And, uh, you know, we won in Michigan, in Minnesota week one, and that was pretty loud. And we won in the, in the Superdome in week four, and that's always very loud. And uh, Buffalo was pretty loud and we held our own there and Houston was pretty loud. So we've had some experience with this already. So maybe not to the level we're going to hear this weekend, but they, I think they're confident that they can overcome that. All right. Last one for you, Steve. Maybe what's, what's one key matchup that you've been sitting down watching this all week, deciding, you know, Tampa Bay can go to Detroit, can, 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 can walk away with a win. If what happens, if we win, what key matchup to you? Well, that's it's actually a really tough question because I didn't even realize until I looked at the stats closely this week that the Lions had four guys with 10 or more touchdowns. That's incredible. So I yes. mean, it's not like <laughs> if we take away Amon Ra St. Brown, we're fine. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think you just have to try to limit Amon Ra. I think he had seven catches for 110 yards against us. He was the only one of those four that didn't score against us but still had 110 yards. What I'm looking at maybe is um, Sam Laporta and Levante David. Uh, Levante David in his 12th season, he won't be on him on every time he goes out, but Levante David does sometimes cover the tight end and he's still a really great coverage linebacker. And there's been times this season when we've been burned by tight ends. And I think it's like when you play Cooper Cup or, or somebody like that, you're not going to shut him down. So, I mean, I think Amon Ra will get his yards. Hopefully we can keep him out of the end zone. But if we're trying to pay extra attention to Amon Ra, we may need a guy like Levante David to uh, go one-on-one against a great tight end. And rookie tight ends aren't supposed to be doing what he did this year. Uh, I, that could be a big one because if if Amon Ra is getting his and you guys are running decently, uh, if Sam Laporte has a big day, that might put it over the top. So I'm a little worried about that one, but fortunately we do have a very good coverage linebacker. Yeah, and you've got a lot of talent on that side of the ball on offense too with those receivers and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. It should be a great matchup with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game on the line. I think before the season and and probably mid-season for you guys, didn't know if that was uh, a a real legit possibility, but uh, we're here. It's fun. Safe travels up to Detroit. I I got one question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So am I I correct in thinking that Amon Ra – did not make the Pro Bowl, but was a first-team All-Pro? This is correct. Well, Antoine Winfield went through the exact same thing, so you should tell him on Rada, they should go have a high-five before the game because, you know, they got <laughs> snubbed. It's it's hard to – I know with all the great wide receivers in the NFL, that's tough. Yeah. They got the they got the honor that really mattered, and I know how much that meant to Antoine. So hopefully it was the same for Amon Ra. Yeah, and I talked to Amon Ra, and it meant a lot to him too because he was mad about that. And one thing you don't want to do is motivate Amon Ra St. Brown a little bit extra. He's got plenty of that, but uh, he's gone off the last couple of weeks since that snub. So um, yeah, somebody you, you don't want to give any extra motivation to. But uh, Scott, great stuff at all as always. Thanks for joining me. It should be fun. It'll be crazy in uh, in in Detroit this week weekend and uh, a chance for the nfc championship game on the line you can't ask for anything more looking forward to it i'll see you on sunday all right thanks bud thank you welcome back to the twin in the huddle podcast and i have a guess that some of you guys might recognize you haven't seen him in a minute he hasn't been on the field yet but a big addition back on the roster james houston second year outside linebacker big news thursday james so you activated to the 53 man roster you've been on kind of that acclimation period here the last three weeks what does it feel like to be back uh it feels great uh just you know being around the guys i've been around them for you know about 21 days but 
just getting that, you know, football feeling back in, you know, where you're about to step back on that field and, you know, it's, it's going to be real. It's going to be on. The light's going to be bright. And, um, yeah, you just got to do your thing. So uh, it's been feeling good. So obviously a little bit of the last 21 days has been kind of knocking off the rust. But how do you feel physically? You ready to come in? You think step in right away and, and, and help contribute? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, ready to go in, you know, and do my thing on third down, come in and, uh, you know, cause habit. Um, so, yeah. How tough has this stretch been? Because you, you played so well at the end of last year, you know, had all the production. Mm. You come into this year with big expectations that week two, it's taken away from you. Yeah. Um, but how grateful are you to now have this team at a point where they are right now that you can step in and, and contribute? But how tough has it been just watching this from afar? Uh, yeah, it was really tough at first, um, you know, just not getting my uh, chance or my opportunity to go out there and, you know, showcase my abilities. Um, especially off of injury. Um, so that was tough, but, you know, just seeing the guys go and, and win and have fun doing it, you know, it was it was a light for me, you yeah. know, and um, it really sparked my whole rehab process. It was like, all right, I'm going to get back to, you know, help these guys yeah. in, in the end of the run, you know, in playoffs or, you know, at the end of the season so we can get into the playoffs. And just seeing them continue to just do so great and great, and I'm like, yeah, man, they don't even need <laughs> me. They don't need me at all, but I'm going to come in and I'm just going to be that extra piece of the yeah. puzzle. And so it was it was really inspiring. For because me. we talked about this on the way up. I mean, with Aiden playing the as well as he is right now, with yeah. a lean back and that inability for a quarterback to kind of step up. And now if you can, you know, add some of that pressure on the other yeah. side, I mean, that's a trio that, that that's pretty tough to deal with if you're an old line a quarterback in, in an offensive system right yep and um i feel like it's just kind of like the same as last year you know not a lot of guys you know knew about me or knew who i was you know didn't really have too much film on me um and i came in kind of at the end of the season and just kind of ran it up and um i feel like it's, it kind of can be similar to that you know people haven't really seen me this year they don't really know what's going on and then you know i'll just come out of nowhere so i think that could work to our advantage as well how much did being at ford field seeing that environment that noise level how much did that ratchet up for you wanting to get back and just be part of something like that yeah uh that first week you know playoffs it's, it's a whole different intensity even in here you know in the, in the locker room and as uh as coaches are as well so that was a whole another intensity in itself and then to come out there on game day and it was just like whoa like they're fired up like they need to see a win like <laughs> we, we gotta come out here and win and it was just like man like the pressure, as they say, is is really on. And, um, you know, I don't really feel that as I was playing, but as a fan, it was like, oh my gosh, like them, them boys got it. This is it, you know, it's on the line. And so um, I, I really, I like that type of stuff. And so I'm ready to kind of embrace all of that. You know, when guys come back from major injuries, sometimes it's almost the mental aspect yeah. of it, right? Just trusting the leg again, trusting the bend and the explosion and the yeah. burst. How much of that was part of kind of your rehab too? And, and have you kind of crossed over that hump? Yeah, that was a, uh, a lot in the beginning, you know, just being able to trust the leg. Like I understand, like, you know, it's fixed, like the doctor <laughs> fixed it, you know. <laughs> so um, just going out there, and, you know, knocking the rust off, as they say, just doing my movements over and over again, you know. As you come into camp, you know, as a regular person with start of season, you know, you, you're going to be training about every day and, and, and getting those movements ready. And so I'm kind of just coming in the last three weeks and just trying to do it off of injury. And so it can be a little difficult, but I think uh, me and the trainers and the coaches, I think we all put together a really good plan. What do you think of the way this defense is playing right now, especially over the last month? You look at third down, you look at red zone, yep. really the, some key areas there playing really, really well. And you're just another piece yep. that can now come back and, and, and help that out. You like where this defense is at and, and where you maybe might fit into it here? Oh, yeah. I love where the defense is at. I, I think we're doing 
doing really good in the rushing defense. And then, like you said, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been really good in the red zone and on third down. And so third down is my thing. So um, <laughs> if I could come in and make some impact plays on third down, that can really affect the game. And so that's that's really where I'm, I'm trying to hit, hit at. So, yeah. Third down has been your thing. It's great to see you back here. Hopefully yep. you get in on Sunday, make an impact and enjoy Ford Field because last week was unbelievable. I know you've got to rush off to a special teams yeah. meeting here. So thanks so much <laughs> Thank for so much. Uh, getting back. It's great to see you back on the roster good luck on sunday yes sir thank you so much all right thank you you too all right